Thank you very much for having us. So I think the students all have the manual, but the guests don't. So that's uh, unfortunate for the guests. <laughs> and we miss out. Um, and there were no extras, huh? Because, uh, well, I found that faith is a topic, which is a very big topic. It's a very broad topic. You can go uh, in all kinds of directions. And if you start digging for material, then there's no end. Right? You can dig in Christian consciousness, or you can look out in the world. There's so much written about it in the history. You know, you can go like Christian tradition. You can see what the church fathers wrote all about it, and they wrote volumes about it. Right? Then you can look in the Indian tradition. There's volumes about it. Uh, you look in all kinds of sacred texts uh, everywhere. I mean, you just look on the web, and, and, and an avalanche of information comes at you. So, uh, in that way, when you start researching it's like uh, too much so uh, I made my own subjective selection of information and what I did with this manual or textbook whatever it is I was thinking uh, relatively there is not much time to cover such a topic and if I have to cover such a topic and if I have to try and cram a whole lot of information in a short time span, then uh, I'll be under a lot of pressure all the time, you know, trying to fit it into the, the few hours, right? And I want to deal with all these and these subject matters, and you'll all be like uh, trying to also write it all down, keep up with it. And so I thought, let's do the opposite. Let's uh, put a lot of information in this book. Too much to deal with, really. Therefore, it's not exactly... Uh, it will not exactly function like uh, a textbook for this course. It's more like a, a reference manual. I'll refer to it, but it's something you take with you. I'll explain something of the underlying spirit of the whole thing. And then uh, here and there, I guess I'll dip into the details uh, and make some selection of some of the topics and some of the things I just want to even talk about. Like, uh, we're beginning with uh, definitions. Um, I'm really not going to read all these definitions. Uh, these are some definitions, dictionary definitions, uh, encyclopedia definitions from uh, about faith, also on the word srada, the Sanskrit word srada, Sanskrit word srada. The title of the of the book is Fixing the Heart, Shraddha, Fixing the Heart on the Truth. That actually is a definition which is relating to the etymology of the word Shraddha. Shrat is means the truth, and Da is of course a root form which we find in Dar, right, in holding on, in, so it is translated as fixing the heart. Da also means to fix the heart. It also involves the heart. So, Shraddha, to fix the heart on the truth, which I thought is very nice. I really like that idea of the concept of faith. Um, our own scriptural Chaitanya uh, Charitamrita definition, which you'll also find, Shraddha Sapta Vishwas Kai Sutridhanis Chai, is a uh, 
a further definition. Uh, it says that one should, that Shraddha means one should have firm faith and uh, that Krishna Bhakti Koila Sarva Karma Krita Hai, that from performing devotional service all benefits will come. That's basically um, our own Gaudiya Vaishnava definition of Shraddha. But it is nice to know how the word is built up and what it's, how it means fixing the heart of the truth. Um, in terms of these definitions, faith in the dictionary, you can make two basic distinctions. There is faith from a personal perspective and faith as a type of belief. So it's more the public aspect where we are expressing that faith and where a group of people adhere to the same belief and share a belief and it's a particular faith. Um, so I think that uh, we should deal with all these aspects, the private aspect and the public aspect. Um, the private one is uh, most important. Right? That is the private one is the most important because that is the platform from which we are functioning. Right? Um, we could uh, learn a lesson by heart about how to present Krishna consciousness. And uh, that's very nice, uh, how, to how to present our faith. And we could analyze the different elements that are part of our philosophy and learn different angles in which we can present them. But it will not be convincing. Uh, unless our personal conviction is there. And you can only convince someone if you're convinced and if you really believe. And even if you lack some detailed information, it doesn't matter. But if you really are convinced and you have arguments and reason, then you have your roots and you come back, can always come back to that. Right? And no matter what point somebody raises, you have your foundation. And therefore, from that platform, you can answer. Although on some detail, you may say, like, well, I'm not familiar with this, I'm not familiar with that, it doesn't matter. So therefore, uh, also for ourselves, naturally, uh, to be convinced is important. Therefore, uh, the definitions, okay, they must be there, and we have given them, and uh, I wish you well with the definitions for the rest. I don't, I'm not going to spend any time with them. Uh, I want to particularly focus on uh, personal conviction as the essence of everything. So I need to figure out something more for my bag. Today I'm, I'm kind of a little behind because I came in late last night and went to bed very late and in this way today is like uh, <clears throat> I'm kind of running to catch up with the day, you know, the whole day is like that. And so. <clears throat> I have to look for my papers, I have to look for things, but tomorrow I'll be on a different schedule. Uh, okay, Bhaktamat, he's the, this is Bhaktamat from uh, New Rajamanda, Spain, and uh, he will help me, and he's going to write on the board. So, and he's also very artistic, I hope, more than me. Because here you have to make uh, a tree. Now, now, don't make it exactly like my tree because I, I cannot draw. You know, it's like 
an absolutely useless art, really. So if you can do a better tree than me, that's okay. But look for a moment. At least some principles of the tree have to be followed. No line here, and roots there, etc. Okay. Basically, if you can get that on, on the board. So, uh, what I've done is when I looked at the topic of faith, then I divided it in three sections. The first section is our own personal faith, our own personal conviction. The second section deals with ISKCON because it's the, it deals with the public aspect of, of our beliefs, of our conviction, and we express that through ISKCON. Right? Therefore, um, this, the second level after, uh, where our faith is really to be researched is on the ISKCON level, and then I have a third section which I call dialogue, and then that means our communication with so many different types of groups. Um, when it comes to dialogue, we are not like, according uh, to material standards, uh, very proper partners, right? Because we are not uh, at all open to, to listen, right? actually. We feign it, we are fake when we are listening, yes. Oh, very interesting. But all along, we're just having our own agenda, and we're just thinking of when can I stick some Krishna consciousness in here, and, you know, in the midst of all this nonsense that the guy is talking. Yeah? Therefore, we are not like what you call two-way communicators. We are actually in uh, disguised one-way uh, communicators. Right? So our interest is to put our message out there uh, in one sense. It doesn't mean, though, that uh, we necessarily are the only ones who have something sensible to say. That we can learn so much from so many people in the world. But still, uh, whatever they have, uh, we always have to add Krishna to it, and we have to always see it in the context of Krishna. And when we start using these things from material sources, like from different books, etc., we have to consider it boga. Yeah, just like some food you buy from outside, you can do it, but it's boga. And unless we purify it, yeah, it's boga, you can buy boga, but you have to purify it and then offer it to fish. So whatever information we take from outside, it's to be treated in the same way. We have to look at it, we have to filter some elements that are maybe not 100% right out of there, and take the, the useful core, and then offer it to fish. Um, in the appendix of, uh, of this book, I have uh, all kinds of stuff uh, selected from many things. Um, there is a little index also there at the beginning, table of contents. Um, I have some God concepts that exist in the world, arguments for the existence of God, some purports and verses about faith in the Bhagavad Gita, uh, something about Guru, a few appendixes, uh, something on the history of Iskan and uh, by Ravindra Sarup, cleaning house and cleaning hearts, something from Sadaputta on God and science, uh, some questions from a uh, uh, a writer that I met in South Africa uh, over the years, and like uh, you know, he, he always has, he likes to come to to our classes sometimes, and then. He asks always so many questions, so I thought, okay, get me some questions on faith. Uh, 
some uh, information from the Tattva Sandarbha, from uh, Jiva Goswami, uh, to establish that the scriptures are apurseya. Apurseya means not produced by man, but divine revelation. And uh, then, yeah, some philosophical points. Uh, an interesting uh, appendix here is number 13. It is called the uh, Therapeutic Revolution, which is uh, an, a well-written article researching the influence of uh, psychotherapy in the church and what psychology, psychology did to the church, how it affected the church, people who are in favor of it, people who are against it, uh, some sort of study on that. A lot of good thoughts in there, a lot of sharp, sharp thoughts, really well-written article and uh, very relevant to our society. And uh, yeah, so I recommend that uh, you at least read that one uh, as a sort of a, when you're reading these, uh, these appendixes. Uh, some uh, Vedic uh, quotes on education, on how the process of education works, is then the last of these appendixes. Uh, for example, let's see here. How did we put this? Religion and science. Oh, number four. Einstein. Einstein's idea on uh, on God. Uh, I took it off the web. And, uh, as, uh, basically establishes that there is like uh, um, the primitive man who worships out of fear who is just uh, trying to appease some entity that's giving him trouble and uh, is shaking under the forces of nature, etc. And uh, offers the goat to pacify whatever that entity is. And uh, then Einstein says when religion goes to a higher level, then it becomes moral and then it gets moralistic. And uh, said, but still on both of these levels we see that religion is anthropomorphic. So he's talking about the religions of the world. He's talking about the primitive religions that have their uh, their human forms, uh, gods in, in human forms. Anthropomorphism means one projects a human form on, on the Lord. Right? And then the next thing he says, so uh, the moral religions of the world, they're still anthropomorphic. Right? But then, you know, goes the broader and bigger picture, the universal cosmic... Uh, uh, anyway, it's all one philosophy. Right? So in the end, uh, Einstein is a Maya but really. Then it's like, that's what it is. I'm going to look. It's because religion and science, it's, on, it's, uh, it's, like, it's page 98, and I look at the index, it's a number folder. Uh, where is it? Yeah, it's just um, he put it in section four. Huh? What? He put it in the dialogue. It's not in the appendix. I see. That's what happened. That's a mistake in the in the in the binding. You know, it just shifted over to the dialogue. It was an appendix, but it became part of the dialogue. The last part, just before the end. Uh, so 
um, how's your artwork going? Then uh, when we speak about personal conviction, I want to start with my first premise, and my first premise is based on the concept of anandamai vyasat, yeah? that by nature we are pleasure-seeking. And because we are by nature pleasure-seeking, faith is directly related to where we believe that pleasure will be found. Wherever we think that pleasure will be found, that's where our faith is, and that is what will motivate us in our actions. So, uh, this is uh, uh, very important because it also explains that faith is related to pleasure. And if there is no pleasure, then uh, faith cannot last. Even the strongest conviction, if there is no pleasure, after some time will crumble. It will just gradually wear, wear down, right? like the grinding of the stone. And therefore, in Krishna consciousness, we also need to experience pleasure. Yeah, it's a better tree than mine, see. Uh, you missed uh, something at the top, though. See, dialogue you missed at the top, in the branches there. Yeah, something, you can also make a line and write it in a clean way. I just slapped it together. Okay, so basically I'm uh, here uh, using the, the metaphor of a tree. Can everyone see it? I don't think. I think you have to maybe turn it a little bit. Huh? Yeah, you can all you can see it also. Okay, so it's like okay. So uh, this is basically the way the the manual is is made up. Uh, uh, the point is that uh, the reservoir of pleasure or our constitutional position is satsidanat. Um, therefore, we are always pleasure-seeking. In my drawing, the roots just didn't go into the reservoir. In his, they're already in there. But uh, whatever it is, right? Uh, I think most of the time our roots are not in the reservoir of pleasure, but reaching out for it. Right? And uh, so what you're writing is like a highly realized stage. There. Mine was a little less realized. Um, but this is the point. The root is going towards the reservoir of pleasure, anandamai, Biasat, right? Um, the then we have Prabhupada. Um, I put him on the earth level because he's kind of in between the two. He's our link, right? Um, under the earth is kind of the spiritual reality uh, where we probe into, and uh, we do not get the full access to the deepest levels, but we get something there, and. Uh, it is very important that we understand how much uh, our search for pleasure is essential in our faith. Therefore, a materialist is, can never be fixed for long. Chanchalam himana Krishna or Vyavasyatmika Budhireika Kurinamana Bahusakiyanantascha. He will be splayed out because his pleasure will be limited, whereas we have an unlimited reservoir of pleasure. And therefore, we get our inspiration from there. Um, the so our personal faith begins with the roots, uh, but I have particularly uh, marked it at the trunk because that's how we, how our faith stands in the world, in the elements that are surrounding us, the wind, the storm, and all the other elements of the weather that we have to deal with, right, with our faith. So therefore, uh, 
yes, we are. Uh, the roots are, of course, giving the strength to the to the trunk. But it is the trunk that is particularly being battered and being tested uh, in so many ways. And in that way, the doubts will uh, manifest. The confrontations will manifest. Um, we uh, so. I put Iskan somewhere up there because uh, before we branch out, really, before, before we branch out with our conviction in communicating to the world, uh, the branches then are representing the, the different types of thoughts and streams that exist in the world and uh, that we are dialoguing with, um, it first goes through our own cultural expression, Iskan, etc. So that's basically uh, my uh, the concept and the reason for this uh, this kind of uh, structure it will re it will come back again and again because in essence uh, we need to uh, be very strong in our roots uh, we need to be very very strong in our our faith directed towards the spiritual platform, and we need to uh, view everything from that platform, and we need to uh, also experience pleasure in our spiritual life. Otherwise, we the, the whole tree will dry up. Right? Our whole faith will dry up over the years. And then, even after many years, suddenly someone makes a wild jump right, towards the material world. And you think, how is this possible? Right? You just pull the hairs of her head and say, like, how can there be a fall down after so many years and after this person done so much austerity and after he was so strict, much more strict than we've ever been, right? And then after so many years he falls down, my God, does it work, Krishna consciousness? If it didn't work for him, then how's it going to work for me? Because he actually went much further than I ever went and, and he fell down, then what's my chances kind of thing? And in this way, uh, our faith becomes crumbled when we see such things. So it is important to understand that somewhere along the line, uh, this person, in spite of having built a huge tree of faith, right, in so many ways, uh, his root with the reservoir of pre the connection with the reservoir of pleasure was uh, not sufficiently strong to nourish the tree, and eventually the whole big tree dried up. Right? And uh, so in this way sometimes very big, big mature trees can get in trouble whereas very young uh, immature trees, new trees are surviving. So uh, this is uh, one point. Okay, your turn again. Next sheet. No, just a blank sheet. But Yeah, if someone wants to copy them, then they can do it also better. Um, okay, you are writing with the left hand or the right hand? Then you should stand on the other side. Um, okay, a little circle in the center uh, around the world, per in the center, eh? person around the world personal faith. Very good. So now I want to explore what is, uh, what is the package. It's like we're supposed to have faith in Krishna consciousness, but... It's a package. It's not just uh, Krishna consciousness. It consists of different elements. 
a little vertical line and then it's coming from the circle up, yeah, and then right above it, Krishna. Okay, that's obvious, right? We're supposed to have faith in Krishna. So, uh, next to it, you know, another ray coming out, you can write Chaitanya. Uh, which is a little different than Krishna. Now, what else? You, you all can uh, fill it in. We're supposed to be modern and interactive nowadays, so I do my best, you know. I'm old-fashioned, uh, <laughs> kind of like... <laughs> uh, I'm rebellious when these things happen. Brainstorming, sometimes my brain doesn't storm during the storms. I just sit there like, yeah, okay. How long is this going to last? But go ahead. I'll let you about it. Okay, Guru. The holy name, Arina. Okay, Shastra. Ourselves. Okay, ourselves. Self-esteem, self-confidence and all that. Okay, Vaishnavas. Okay, I have it, of course, in the book as a separate category, but okay, I, you can say how it's going to affect a person. Um, we have quite a few already. Right? Sorry? Someone said something. Prophet. Yeah, I like that. See, so had it on the Guru, but it's good to have it separate also. I also have Prophets separate. Because you may have. If Prabhupada's not your guru, you may have just lots of faith in Prabhupada, but no faith in your guru. So it makes sense to keep them separate. And it's, it makes sense to explore them separately. Yes. Right, Prasadam, now there you go. Which also I have as a, as a separate um, it's part of, but you can write it the process. Huh? Sadhana. Process means sadhana. Yeah, sadhana. Yeah. Um, I'm quite satisfied. I don't know if anyone, <laughs> if, if some are still feeling we are needing more. I'm sure we need, a, we, there are many more elements. I had one in my own uh, little scribble that I did somewhere along the road. Uh, because there's this verse, Tvadiyanam Samarchanam, the Tvadiya. Right, that even higher than than the worship of Krishna is the worship of the Tvadiyas or of the uh, the paraphernalia that are related to Krishna, which includes, for example, uh, Tulsi and, and Ganga and and paraphernalia like that. So I had those also. You can write Tulsi, Ganga, or Tvadiya. Krishna. Yeah, mercy, praise, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, grace and mercy, you know, like they all come in the category of, of daya, kripa. I come back to Parnamanjika. Daya, kripa. And uh, yeah, uh, last time I was here for the seminars, I did a course on um, mercy, and there was a distinction between daya and kripa. The, the daya was more the, the, the definition of daya is the general mercy going out, kind of, to all. Yeah? And kripa is, is more personal uh, reciprocation. Although sometimes it's used in an overlapping way also, but in a general sense, one could say. 
and then Paramatma, she said. Uh, I would say that, just a comment, yeah, this Paramatma point reminds me of uh, how uh, it is said that in Bhagavad Gita that Krishna gives us faith. If one wants to have faith in the demigods, then Krishna will give us that faith and make that faith strong, it says. So it's like, indeed, coming from Paramatma, our faith, is a personal conviction is a gift. Of course, that relates also to the grace, but the Paramatma is a particular agent in, in there. In, uh, in, it's a constant, uh, it's Krishna's permanent presence with the conditioned soul. He doesn't care about it, but he's there. And it's like, Asayami um, Atma Bhava Sto is waiting in the consciousness, it is said in the 10th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, in the verse Te Samevan Kampartam, where it says Krishna is waiting in the consciousness for the slightest indication that a spirit soul is inclined towards him, and immediately, immediately he begins to uh, give him in faith that that may come from within or from without. Uh, Krishna may give us some, some inspiration from within, or he may give us some experience out in the uh, material world. Uh, one uh, devotee told me that uh, he was, before he was a devotee, uh, had a somewhat unpleasant habit of catching insects and pulling out the legs. And it became addiction, and he couldn't stop it. Right? He kept on doing it, and then uh, one day, as he was crossing the street, he saw the truck, and that was the last he saw. And the next, he was in the hospital bed. Right? And when he was in the hospital bed, then he knew very well why he was there. Right? And later, uh, when he was in the wheelchair, in which he still is now, right. He also uh, always remembered very well that the reason he's in there is because pulling up. So Krishna does that, right? He gives these realizations. It's like the person, uh, there's, you know, if you look at the statistics, how many car accidents there are every year. Uh, but this person, you know, although he was car accident number such and such in the year, he knew for a fact what it meant. He knew it, right? He knew exactly. This is what it's for. Right? So, in that way, Krishna sometimes communicates uh, also through the material energy. Now, this is a heavy example. I'm sure there are also very sweet examples you can find. But, uh, yeah, this is the first one that comes to my mind. True story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can say yes. Yeah. <laughs> Flip the page. For now, so uh, we could go and do a little exercise. Then you can go, you could go through the exercise and take each of these, right? And you can write Krishna in there again. Do the circle, and but this time you write Krishna in it. And then you could do uh, the same thing of uh, what what aspects. Of Krishna, we should believe in. Right? Uh, I'll give you one that he lifted Govardhan. Right? I mean, like, we are, we're supposed to believe it, right? That he did it. It's like, uh, well, 
you know, it takes a bit of faith, okay? It does take a bit of faith, okay? To believe. Lift it. Not lived at Govardhan. Lift it. Okay, anybody else got an idea or should I come with another one? Can you summarize that in, uh, in, in, in a word that you can write on the board? Uh, personal communication or something like that? Personal, yeah? Okay, individual, individual communication, capacity to, capacity for individual communication. You gotta make it small, it's not, that's what you have with these flip charts, yeah? Huh? You tell. Okay, try and get it on there. But everyone, please keep it a little shorter than Vishnu Murti, because otherwise we have to start writing on the wall. <laughs> and this is against the law. Um, okay, I think there are hands. There are hands and there's like... Yeah. You want more, more clarification. Okay. Um, the question is that if we ask you to believe in Krishna, then that's not that we're just asking you to, here's Krishna, now believe in him, but it's, it's a package again. There are elements in Krishna's personality, in his behavior, in the things he's done, which make him Krishna, which make him special, and which we are supposed to believe in. He's blue, right? You're supposed to believe it. God is blue. Do you really believe that God is blue? Right? right? If you... If you ask it like that, you know, so saying like people in the world go blue, you know, why is he blue? Right? <coughs> so later in dialogue, we'll deal with it. So you could say blue. <laughs> Can you summarize it in one sentence? In one, in a few words. <laughs> okay. Or yeah, you want to really go to the bleeding, or you want to like more generalized statement and say that like. He has a spiritual body which acts sometimes like a material one. Huh? Yeah, it's more principle. Someone studied to something. You're right, right? You're supposed to be, not stand, you're supposed to be right. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> the point was that Krishna, although he's a spiritual body, is simultaneously having uh, uh, symptoms of a material one. Spiritual body with material symptoms, maybe. I could let him get ahead a little bit before he gets. Spiritual body with material symptoms and Yadu is going to enlighten us. Okay. God is a coward boy. So all these things we are supposed to believe. Okay. <coughs> He's all merciful. Supposed to believe it's not so easy when you're when you think of the guy in the wheelchair. Uh, I can just stick one in your list for the heck of it. He's got 16,108 wives, <laughs> and they're all satisfied. <laughs> and you're right, satisfied. No, so they're related. You don't have to write that, but she just makes the point that 16,108 wives relate to the point of the top. Um, yep, yeah, okay, right. 
Yeah, you're supposed to be. He, he, yeah, so he's the world and also separate from it. Yeah, everything is Krishna. I'll change your beta beta touch. So it is like he's, it's Jagat Avyaktamutina. He is like the deity that is all pervading in the universe and yet exists separate of it. And it's all his energy. So how can he exist separate from his energy when, when the total of everything is him? Okay, let's take a few in of my own also, you know, okay. So, at age 125, he was still Novi-Ovena, still ever useful, right? Never got old at age 125. <coughs> uh, Rabina. Takes care of the devotees. Okay, it comes again a little closer to the... To, to, yeah, but takes care of the devotees. Uh, 125. At age. At age 25. 125. But at 125. Yeah, let's do 125. Okay. <laughs> but there may be more mothers that do that. In India, you know, that may be not only Krishna. Uh, so many mothers may do that. So I don't know if that makes him God. Like uh, I saw, I went to, to visit in the uh, Tirupati temple, and the temple president was showing me around the temple. He shows me the cows, and this cow passes urine, and he walks up to his My grandmother told me, he said, every time you see a cow pass urine, you must take it. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, you know, in India, cow dung and cow urine are substances that are very much part of life. You know, For us, it's like, uh, I mean, as a kid, when I had my first experience in the grassland, that I stepped in, you know, one of the big duns, you know, I mean, God, you know, I couldn't believe it. Right? I was ready to throw my clothes away. <laughs> I threw my socks away, my shoes, I was ready to give them up, you know. Oh, God. Uh, so, another thing about Krishna, uh, which I wrote down, that he is a historical person. You know, we're supposed to believe that. He's a historical person. He, he, uh, he expands himself. He shows a universal form. Killed all these super powerful things. Anyway, so many things about Krishna we're supposed to believe in. Krishna is vulnerable. How? I also deal with that point in, in the manual, although I don't see Paul. I say he has a heart. Mm -hmm. God with a heart. And that's, that makes it for... If I'm supposed to love uh, you know, a God, and if he doesn't have a heart, <laughs> it's difficult, right? Here I am, all heart, you know, I'm all heart. 
and he doesn't have one, right? So it's very important that he has one. Vishnu. Okay, you see, you just draw a long line to the bottom, and then you can make a. See, in one sense, this exercise, you know, it could go on because when you talk about Krishna, then he has so many qualities that, like, the paper is too small, that obviously, and uh, you could we could just go on with it also our own and even on our own, and even if we wouldn't uh, be able to brainstorm it all together because that's the problem with brainstorming is that, you know, the mind goes blank after a while, although at other times right, there is so much more to think of. So we could also get, uh, you know, get more of an idea just by making conscious effort to read about the qualities of Krishna, right? read about the 64 qualities of Krishna, then naturally uh, a lot more comes out, you know, we would get a lot more lines from there. So we can uh, cultivate this idea. But it's very important <coughs> that when we relate to Krishna, that we relate to him uh, from all these different angles, from all these different qualities. I mean, not just saying, you're supposed to believe in Krishna, and he's the Supreme Personality, got it, and there it stops. Right? No, rather, uh, our faith depends on these different elements. And we have to also, we can also look at the different elements, right? Because in reality, we may have faith in one, but not in another. Right? I mean, not so much, not necessarily with all the things here on the board, but in principle, right? Uh, if you look at Krishna consciousness in general, it may be like that. That Krishna consciousness is a package, right? And some elements of the package we find easy to accept, and some we don't. And some people just gave up everything over the package. Like if you think about poor Satam who left over the, the moon landing, right? Just that one thing, you know, like Prophet said, you didn't go to the moon, and he threw away the whole thing, right? Over that thing, because it just became an obsession. It became too big. So, <clears throat> therefore, um, part of this exercise with lines and circles, etc., is uh, is to kind of show the principle how faith is built up out of many elements and how uh, faith and how the how we have to strengthen our faith in each of the elements by uh, by logical understanding by uh, by seeing how Yeah, how, how it's consistent with other qualities, and in this way, uh, there is a, uh, a supportive evidence to us. In the beginning of the manual, I have also included ten types of proof from Jiva Goswami. Uh, there's really no time to try and uh, discuss all that, you know, uh, in detail. Uh, one can read it, right? And the source is also given. It's from the Sandarbhas, etc., where one can even read more elaborate about it if one wants to. Uh, and if anyone <coughs> reads it and then has any uh, questions on, on such a topic, then we can uh, either discuss it in public, or if there's no more time, then we can also separately discuss such points. Right? But uh, 
in two hours, I'm not going to be able to elaborate on that. That would be half an hour, you know, just to do with ten points. Uh, but the point is that uh, in Jiva Goswami's proofs, right, not every proof is like necessarily totally hard proof, right? Uh, but he says there are ten types of uh, of proof, at least, which give us some some partial faith you know, about an, uh, a particular thing. Right? I mean, faith is not just relating to Krishna. Faith is relating to everything and anything. All day long, we are making decisions based on faith. Right? We have to take all kinds. Shall I go left or right? Well. Uh, left looks kind of uh, dark and a little uh, uh, desolated. Uh, right looks a little lighter, a little lighter. Well, um, right. Yeah. Unless you are Dracula, then you go for left, you know, the shade, the darkness. Huh? Like that. Right? According to our nature, we'll make choices. Uh, again, wherever we think pleasure will be, left or right. Um, so that's an important uh, element or important point in our faith that <clears throat> it always relates to a package. Now we did this exercise. If you flip the, uh, the chart back, or what's no? Sorry. Yeah, the previous, the previous chart. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that's right. We could do the same for every single one of them. Yeah. We could like draw a circle. We could draw the lines and that. And uh, it's important. Uh, obviously, Lord Chaitanya is very, very special because in this age, everything we do is to be taken through that context. Therefore, for me, Lord Chaitanya had to be on there separate. It was me who put it on there separate. Because uh, everything that we do, our whole life, everybody's life, right, of every creature right now, has to be... Uh, Observed through the context of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Yuga, it's like, in one sense, it's not at all Kali Yuga. In one sense, it's Chaitanya Yuga. Right? That's really what it is. This is Chaitanya Yuga, right? in one sense. <coughs> and, and whatever is going on right now is to be taken in the context of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Therefore, our faith is also to be approached in the context of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And it can only develop if we develop it in the context of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which means the mercy that we require, which means um, that uh, the preaching, right? And it's like, see, if, if you have faith in, in the context of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, it means that preaching has to be part of it, the holy name has to be part of it, mercy is part of it, taking mercy, giving mercy, right? Say Panchatattva one of my favorite verses, the Panchatattva broke the key of the storehouse of love of God, and they all went inside to drink it, right? uh, is uh, uh, important because, so first, drink the mercy and give the mercy. Okay. Um, so this is uh, also important. So. I think for this whole session, as a principle, we're, we're clearly looking at that faith is built up out of elements, and that these elements, that, that we should research the different elements, 
if we want to strengthen our faith, then we look at the different elements. And you get surprising things, you know, like one devotee in confidence approached me. Uh, this person had been a devotee for 12 years and approached me that, like, you know, I, Krishna, all right. But Lord Chaitanya, you know, I, I have a problem with Lord Chaitanya. Right? Accepting Lord Chaitanya as the Supreme Lord. I almost go, wow, my God, you know. Uh, after all these years, you know, you're coming out, after 12 years of having joined the Hare Krishna movement, you come out with this one. But, you know, this is there to some extent, right? Uh, that there can be elements that are more difficult to accept. Right? And in the beginning, certainly, like Satsarup Maharaj was explaining, that when he first came into the temple and he saw the deity of Lord Jagannath, it reminded him of the North Amer American Indians and, you know, the totem poles. <laughs> yeah, it, it really reminds him of the totem poles. Right? And he thinks, my God, you know, now we're going to worship totem poles? Right? i got to get into a totem pole. And I myself, you know, when I came first to the temple, Okay, the deities, you know, you're all right, you know, statue of God, kind of thing, all right, he's in the deity, I said. But then after that, you know, everyone bowed down to a plant. I said, my God, now we're going to bow down to a plant, right? And really, you know, uh, for me, that was like, uh, I had to swallow. I really had to swallow. A plant, you know, what is this, you know? And it's like, got some visions of hippies bowing down to cannabis plants and all this, you know. I like, what's going on, you know, here? Right? Uh, it is like, so, uh, it is natural that uh, in some, some things are more easy to accept and some things are more difficult to accept. Like, you know, Krishna is blue, right? Why is he blue kind of thing, right? Uh, it was already when I heard the, the explanation that Krishna is not blue but that he is actually Syam right? and that Syam is like the combination of the bright monsoon sun with the dark monsoon rain cloud and how that bright monsoon sun shines through the uh, dark monsoon rain cloud and a bluish glow comes over that cloud and it is the same time effulgent and then the bridge bosses call out charm, right? And this is the color of Krishna. And they say, hey, that sounds a lot more uh, a lot more wonderful than blue. Right? <laughs> it's like God is blue. <laughs> um, so sometimes uh, as we are uh, Deepening our understanding of that, you know, deepening our understanding of how Krishna is blue, and, and like, it, it gets much more meaning, and it becomes suddenly much more uh, acceptable to us. Yes. Well, uh, we are conditioned, right? So we have grown up in a particular environment and we have been programmed to believe certain things. Your mother has told you many times, this is how it is and this is true. And you've asked, you know, as a child, right, one is very, very open to anything and everything. A child is ready to accept anything, right? But then as we grow up, you know, we begin to develop our concept of what is true and what is not true and our, our 
Our faith has been fixed on this is what is the truth. And then Krishna consciousness walks in and comes in with a whole different uh, concept of the truth. So the things that are more within the paradigm that we already knew or kind of close to it, you know, they are more easy. The things that are totally opposite to it are hard, like we didn't go to the moon, right? It could be hard for some, right? And so like, look, you know, but I saw it on TV. Yeah, I did. You know, I saw it on TV. Did you see it recently? You have gray hair. Huh? <laughs> you see it on TV? Huh? You didn't even believe it then. God, she is real pure-hearted. <laughs> huh? Skeptical. Well, this is healthy skepticism. Let's see. But for most, you know, like... Um, for me, it's not such a big deal, you know, that moon thing, right? I couldn't care less whether they went to the moon or not, you know. Uh, but uh, some people can get really worked up about it. I know some people who always come back with this point, you know. <laughs> you know. Yes. Yeah. I think so. I think, you know, that's what it means, hearing, right? Uh, hearing, sravana, means to uh, absorb and simul assimilate the philosophy. Here in the uh, appendix, uh, I'll just mention it now, there, there is one that deals with uh, education and it, it shows some concepts of assimilation. Um, I don't know if I want to pick it up right now and get sidetracked, but you can look there, right? And you can see how uh, knowledge has to be assimilated. It's not just a matter of hearing it, but one has to assimilate it, digest it, and uh, thoroughly understand it, and accept it, right? and then one can really uh, have faith in it. So I think so. I think uh, not really proper hearing right, is one of the things. Um, also the verse Aham Savashipabhavo Matasavam Pavati Iti Matabajantamam Udhabhava Samanita Krishna is the source of everything, both spiritual and material worlds. Um, he, it is Buddha, if one comes to this wisdom, to this knowledge, then Bhava follows. Right? Then one becomes excited about Krishna. If one sees who Krishna is, like she's saying Krishna is, is vulnerable, I say he has a heart, it's the same point. Uh, that makes a big difference, right? Uh, if you know that he has a heart, or that he is like, in other words, that he is a sentient being, like Prabhupada said, absolutely sentient, thou has proved, impersonal calamity, thou has moved, right? Same point, again, he's sentient, he has feelings. Right? The fact that Krishna has, has feelings and is a sentient being, uh, if you don't know that, it will be more difficult to uh, develop bhava, uh, an emotional uh, feeling of affection towards Krishna. So, very important to, to, to have knowledge. Therefore, you have to cultivate more knowledge and uh, about Krishna. And it's a fact uh, that, that like, 
by hearing, after some time, you just get used to it, you know. In the beginning, when you hear things like, you know, Tulasi, now I don't think about it anymore. Tulasi is all right. But it took a little while, right? And so it may take some time. You may have to just hear it, uh, you know, a hundred times, right? Some particular point of the philosophy. And then after some time, yeah, why not? Whereas in the beginning, you know, it's just too strange. It's just too weird. Priyavrata, you know. Priyavrata didn't like it that it was getting night. So he gets himself a chariot, like the sun, drives through the sky, yeah? And his chariot lights up the night, and his chariot is even better than the sun because the temperature doesn't cool down, it stays night. And while he's doing it on the way, he cuts the landmass into, into the continents with the wheels of his chariot. Uh, <laughs> is this fact or mythology? <laughs> the question may be fact or mythology. Well, I mean, okay, uh, okay, then I'll accept it as fact when I'm with the devotees. But now I have to sit in front of a group of critical students, right? Fact of mythology. And they're all like not as friendly as you are, but they're after my throat, you know? And I'm kind of like, oh, well, you know, uh, uh, the guy says, I mean, do you really believe all that? And, and, and you suddenly realize for the first time that if I say yes, I look like some really kind of naive kind of person who just flies into something just like, you know, very easily. Uh, and I don't look like, like a very thoughtful person at all, you know, who's like a bit of a critical thinker, a serious, mature person who investigates before he leaves, you know, some like healthy skepticism, like Santayana, you know, philosopher, he writes like that uh, skepticism is something that should be retained, you know, and only after mature investigation, right, should be surrendered, you know, for the facts, right? Then, yes, then, then it's like uh, something, uh, then you've got like really some substance there, you know, something to, be, to place your faith in, right? So, you know, uh, yeah, why do we believe that Priyavrata is, uh, is is flying around in his chariot, you know, and, and by the way, cuts the continents, uh, created the continents? Um, you'd have to have some arguments right, for yourself, first of all. You can't just uh, read this, are you a believer, and play the banjo <laughs> while we're doing it, and just say, you know, yeah, I believe in the Bible time, you know, it's great. It's just like, uh, yeah. Fantastic, you know. Uh, that's one level, but it has an element of blind faith in it. And blind faith is uh, is not desirable. We are not a movement of blind faith. We can go to the next seat and just write somewhere at the top of the page, blind faith. You can use different colors. See, that's the trick with this writing. Take a red pen and write blind faith with a red one. <coughs> Braji Bihari, who's my guru in flip chart, he's my flip chart guru. And uh, he told me that uh, you have to use different colors, then it's easier to see for the audience, you see. So it's like you just alternate the colors. And just look here, see a professional flip chart over there. Green, red, blue, red, see? 
the same school, you know, same sampradaya. Just see. Fortunately, I have a link, you know, with a flip chart guru, so I'm safe. Um, I'm a little cynical. That's because I'm, I'm just conditioned by the old, uh, you know. Well, I have a personally. I, I hate the West. You know, I have. I, I, I've always hated the West ever since I was a kid. Right? I couldn't stand the West, and I always thought it was a totally artificial world. Right, and India was for me uh, the land of liberation. You know, the land where things were done so simple and natural. Like yesterday, I was taking lunch and uh, with Jagatananda, who's married to uh, an Indian girl from a Gujarati village. And she's saying that, uh, um, so they were living in India for a while and then this crow came, right? And it was sitting opposite of the house and it started just sitting right opposite of the door and the crow is called, <laughs> typical as crows do. And she said, oh, that means someone will be coming, right? Who is close to us and who wants to talk to us about something. <laughs> yeah. Someone who wasn't supposed to be there. So, you know, there is some sort of something we've lost, right? In the middle of all our, uh, you know, cyberspace and, uh, and cell phones and, uh, and all the other artificial means by which we live. And, uh, so, Therefore, I hate flip charts. So if I sometimes make some cynical remarks against flip uh, remarks against flip charts, right? Um, when the undertone comes up, don't take it personal. I'm not against flip charts. It's just my conditioning. You know, I hate those things. But no, you shouldn't lose faith. Have full faith in flip charts. The great things. Don't flip out, right? Over some chart, you know. Personally. I think it's a beautiful invention and quite, quite colorful, colorful. So, so I, I, I like it, you know. Yeah, I'm all for them. Um, I'm just an old, sour man, you know, who uh, doesn't want to change for right? so many years. Now I have to get generations. But anyway, we're talking about uh, blind. Right. So that uh, we have here in the manual, and it's kind of like uh, an important point. Uh, index, index, index. Uh, but faith, personal conviction. That's on the second page of the content. Faith means all this. Line phase 31. Yeah, very good. Dr. Rohiri, a fabulous job. I don't recognize my own work. <laughs> it's like what I gave him was not exactly this. He did really well. Uh, so I'll read, read a little bit. Um, blind faith. To blindly follow the right thing will also give positive results. But perseverance will be difficult. Therefore, blind faith is not condemned per se, but not recommended. This is the first point, you know, you might, because it says in Bhagavatam, Agyanat Atavagyanat Uttamastokanamya Sankirtitam Agampum. So, Dahet Edo Yatamala. As a fire burns dry grass to ashes, so the holy name of the Lord, whether chanted knowingly or unknowingly, burns to ashes without fail all the reactions of one's sinful activity. Philosophy. Srila Prabhupada, blind faith, 
That's not our point. We want to understand God through philosophy. Through philosophy means logic. Blind faith is not our business. So, uh, suspension of disbelief. We do not ask the newcomer to just have faith, but we ask for a suspension of disbelief. And here follows the definition from the uh, dictionary. The interruption of a disbelieving attitude so that one may imaginatively and perhaps sympathetically enter into the perspective of an other system of thought, a religion, a philosophy, a play, a ritual, in order to see the interconnections of and experience the feelings of that system from HarperCollins Dictionary of Philosophy. Um, so this suspension of disbelief is, uh, is really what we're asking for. Unlike the Christian, uh, who basically say, you know, has thou faith or, you know, or thou is doomed, right? It's, it's that, you know, believe, you know, do you believe? Right? Um, no, I don't. What? Sinner, <laughs> rascal, you know, uh, blast, uh, give, give a blasting speech. Now do you believe or you will burn, do you realize, believe on earth. What can I do? I don't believe. I can't force my heart, right? So that, that the whole thing is artificial. Right? Love thy neighbor. Love, O oh neighbor, yeah, love, I love thee. This is only lip service, right? How can I love you? First, I sh we should make friends. Right? Maybe we should start making friends, you know, before we love each other, right? Um, so the whole thing uh, is, uh, we are not asking for anything artificial. But we ask for suspension of disbelief, different color. Uh -huh. okay. uh, suspension means to give up. To suspend something is to temporarily, to, to put it off. Mm -hmm. right? To put it off. Right? Suspending, uh, put it on the shelf. So put your disbelief on the shelf. You may have it, right? but just uh, shelf it. Right, suspension of disbelief. So, uh, this is where we begin in Krishna consciousness. And we have to develop this attitude to suspend our disbelief. We should not just blindly, again, not just say, oh, well, okay, uh, it's a deal, I agree, you know. No, we have logic for it too, right? We have reasons why we suspend our disbelief. Because we don't know that Krishna is not God. Because we don't know that it's all not true, right? We don't know. We don't know anything. We can't. We, we may not know that it's true, but we also don't know that it's not true. So we have no reason not to believe it. Yeah? We have maybe no reason to believe it, but we also have no reason not to believe it. Yeah? This is very important. We should not have false faith. We should not believe in our disbelief. Right? Just because we've grown up with it for so long that it's become like our second nature. Therefore, I don't believe no. We have no belief. Not to believe. This is the the uh, this is my uh, argument to an atheist. It's also in the manual, but it's like what I like to say to an atheist. I thought about this and uh, I came up with it that um, if I meet an atheist, I would say to him, "Congratulations! How wonderful! How wonderful to meet someone with such strong faith, a believer." So rare to find some of them nowadays. Nobody believes in anyone, anything. Everyone is cynical. People doubt is is the motto of the time. But to find a rare species like you, 
you know, who still believes. Congratulations. Congratulations. It's only nice to find someone who's firm faith, who really believes. You know. <laughs> so it's very effective. You can try it. <laughs> you can try it. It really gets them going. Uh, so, um, because, you know, it's ridiculous. Right? How does he know that God doesn't exist, you know? I mean, he hasn't seen him. So what, you know? Like, I mean, how far did he go? Like Neil Armstrong, you know, is flying around in his tin can in outer space. And he comes back in Bombay and some journalist is, uh, is interviewing him and is saying, Mr. Armstrong, yes, uh, did you have any religious experience out there? He says, no, I think God was just on the other side of the universe. You know, I didn't see him out there. Right? As if you can go high enough with a spaceship. Right? You cannot. He may have been flying higher than, you know, anybody in some plane, anybody any higher than we ever did, but that doesn't mean that it was high enough. Right? Arjuna went higher with Krishna, right? And he went all the way to Mahavishnu to pick up the the sons of his teacher, right, who had been kidnapped, really, by Mahavishnu, because he wanted the darshan of Krishna. But the point is that, uh, so we have this, this false idea, you know, like, uh, well, now we have so much information, uh, now we know, right? And the whole academic world is throwing this at us, right? Um, I was in this debate with this skeptic professor, and... Uh, it was about the afterlife, right? And about uh, so I said, well, it's not only a matter of afterlife; it's also a matter of before life, right? Uh, before life on this planet, uh, there was already life there, right? That's to be understood, right? So it's like, uh, what is this before life? Yeah, ridiculous thing. And I'm talking, so I classified it further, explained it further, how. And basically, it was clear we're coming on the topic of the origin of life. Uh, he's he's, he's uh, categorized it, you know. Oh, all right, it's okay. Um, origin of life, that's what we're talking about, right? Well, you know, that's self-evident, you know, that the origin of life is from a uh, biochemical origin. Right? It goes like that. Very, like, uh, arrogant kind of uh, approach, right? And I go like, uh, what happened to your skepticism? Wait a minute, you're a skeptic, right? I said, you're a skeptic, and suddenly you're not skeptical anymore. What happened? You're just believing that, that automatically is like, nah. So I am totally skeptical about that, right? That life is from a biochemical origin. So, it's, uh, so this is also uh, Freud, that one should sometimes be skeptical about his own skepticism, which right? is important. Again, uh, dealing with this point of disbelief, right? we must be ready uh, to uh, renounce our own uh, our disbelief. So, suspension of disbelief, uh, what can we write on the board about it? Um, uh, yeah, that there is... You can, you can say... You can write, we have no reason, no reason not to believe. We have, we have no evidence not to believe. Um, now, at the same time, um, 
The next point I want to make about blind faith. Um, blind faith to a degree. In one sense, one could say that a certain degree of blindness remains for devotional service performed in practice. Right? We haven't seen Krishna. Right? We haven't seen him. What if it's not true? Right? How do you know? How do we know that ultimately that it's true? We don't. I mean, uh, so there is a blind element still there. Love of God, you're supposed to have. Your hairs will stand on end and like tears will shoot from your eyes in all directions. Have you ever seen anyone like it yet? Right? Uh, you know, we have seen great devotees, but Pande Guru Sri every day we're singing about the Guru Vastakam, and if you read about all these symptoms, uh, who has them? Right? It's like uh, anybody in the room? Right? Uh, anybody outside the room? Right? Pretty rare. Right? So, uh, to some element, it's blind faith. And here comes that uh, old land map argument. Right? That although you know you go from here to Moscow uh, and you, you follow the map, right? You uh, you will go through a lot of territory you've never been. But uh, as the map is good throughout Germany, right? From here throughout Germany, it's it's, it's good. After some time, he said, well, this is a really good map. Even the small towns are on there, and it's always right. It's seven kilometers. Yes, seven kilometers. Wow, right. And so you get a lot of faith in the map, saying, oh, the driver, no, no, the next turn, go right, right. Like the navigator becomes very arrogant and convinced, because the map is good. Um, so this argument Prophet uses, the land map argument, that we... As we get some partial realization that part of the philosophy of Krishna consciousness is true, our faith is growing. So this is the, uh, but to some extent, uh, our faith remains blind. I guess I'll begin again. In one sense, one could say that a certain degree of blindness remains for devotional service performed in practice. The Madhurya Kanambini states that only in the stage of Krishna praying, the eradication of anartas has been completed. One might say that until one has reached that stage, one cannot completely see things as they are. The effects of various degrees of anartas may be compared to different degrees of darkness. However, even if one is affected by some level of anarta, one is still safe if one is properly situated on the spiritual path. Now I want to uh, introduce a metaphor. Um, while driving in the darkness of Anarta, we may, may not be able to see the entire light landscape of reality as it is at best some contours. But if we keep our eyes on the road and the white lines of regulative principles and don't look over our shoulder at material desires, but drive safely between them by the headlights of Guru and Goranga's order, then we're always liberated and we will attain Krishna praying. So this metaphor of like uh, the car on the road at night is very, very important. Uh, um, I would like to uh, relate this to, uh, to uh, the Guru Tattva issue, because Guru Tattva is always uh, a good one when it comes to faith and losing faith and uh, you know, faith issues. Guru Tattva is, is, is a juicy part of that, right? Plenty to say. So, um, 
you know, what, how can one who does not have Krishna Prem give it? Right? That question is sometimes raised. Right? And, uh, well, there's relevance to that. Right? But, we should understand that he gives the process to attain it. Right? He gives the path to attain it. Uh, is one liberated if he doesn't actually is on the topmost platform? If we just read in the Madhurya Kadambini that up to the platform of, of Krishna praying, not all the anartas have been destroyed. Then, you know, if a guru doesn't have Krishna praying, and if he still has anartas, right? Then, you know, how can he be considered liberated? Big question, big issue, big debates on it. People are ready to, you know, stand up and like, you know, with burning fire in their eyes to establish this point. If you dare to say that he is liberated, I mean, like, you know, I mean, I can't, I can't talk to you. Right. Yeah. You're using the same uh, point as to your father. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's the same. Yeah, it's exactly what I'm also trying to say. Thank you very much. That's nice. Krishna uh, helps. Uh, yes, we uh, we are liberated as long as we're on the path. On the path, that is the point. Prabhupada uses that definition. Now, uh, in the beginning, right, we may be liberated and on the path, but it's dark and we don't have headlights yet, right? If we wouldn't be helped, right, uh, in the beginning, then we can't drive properly, you know, we would be off the road no time, right? So, therefore, uh, although we are liberated, right, it's hard to stay liberated, right? And every moment we tend to go off the road. But even, even in one sense, as soon as you're, as, as soon as you're in the process, you're liberated. But an experienced person who has assimilated the transcendental knowledge and uh, etc., uh, he can drive himself. Yeah. He doesn't need to drive under an instructor, but he can drive and he can become an instructor. And in this way he can become a guru. And although he may still not have uh, Krishna Prem or, you know, he may still have Samanathas, but he is not... Uh, going to act on these anarchists and even if he feels that the anarchists are sometimes taking him over it is just like driving you know sometimes the car is like you feel the car wants to go off the road right? you have to like you know pull it back right so it's like it's work driving to keep a car on the road it just doesn't stay in the road sometimes there's a bump you know like you have to kind of deal with that swerve whatever bad surface so maybe there is some bad surface on the road when uh when there is still samanatha in a mature uh, personality who knows basically how to drive, but he can deal with it. 
And you do it. You recognize it. Wait a minute, you know. It, pull it back. Put it straight on course again. You know? it's, there's a bump in the road. You can sometimes, boom, you know, throw the wheel right off. You know? When you drive, you pull it back. Something like that. You can milk the metaphor. Uh, in, uh, I don't know if you want to do it. But I feel it's an important point. So, very important. This and uh, frankly speaking, um, we will have to defend this very much. Um, most of you will be aware that I'm not a disciple of Shilapalpa. And if you were not, then you know it now. I am a disciple of um, of Jared Maharaj, which is very nice. Um, but uh, being a disciple of a present guru is uh, is in one sense not so easy, because you live in a hostile environment. Right? You live. You see, when you're a disciple of Prabhupada. If you don't have faith in Prabhupada, full faith, then someone else has more faith than you. Yeah? Uh, there's always someone to glorify him. There's always someone to recognize his greatness. There's all, everyone agrees, you know, Prabhupada, Prabhupada, Prabhupada. It's a totally positive, supportive atmosphere to develop your faith. When you are a present Guru's disciple, it's a different ballgame. Yeah? Because you're supposed to shelter your uh, your kind of weak reaper. I mean, you're coming out of the material world. You've been uh, cheated a million times, you know, by everybody and anybody, right? So, like, you know, it's already very difficult to have faith in anything and anyone. And now you're supposed to have faith in a guru, and you do, you do, to some extent, of course, you know? I mean, like, not total yet, you know, you can't. We're incapable of having total faith. It has to develop and has to grow. And here you are, and your tiny little creeper of faith is just growing, and everybody goes around and like, you got faith, that does come. Don't you see that he has seen me all the Therefore, we we have to have this part uh, well uh, well researched. You could say the elements of what it takes to have faith in a guru. We'd better dig them out well and uh, uh, strengthen ourselves in this. We better understand uh, what a guru should be. But can the guru then? Can he? Uh, deliver a disciple if he himself is not right, eligible to enter into the spiritual world because he has a narcos. Anybody who has a narcos not enter the spiritual world. There is no room for any anartos in the spiritual world. Don't be in illusion about it. So, you know, what about that? Uh, can he deliver you? What is not what is this? How do you, what do you base that on? Who told you that? <laughs> huh? On what, on the strength of what? Yeah, that's good, but, blind faith, but how do you know? But how do you know that I'm, that I'm not cheating you? Oh, 
that's all right. How do I? How do you know he didn't cheat me either? Are you sure? <laughs> On what basis does Prabhupada say that? How does he know? Um, but the, but where, how does he get his knowledge? How does he get it from Krishna? To the guru? To the shasana guru prabhupada. Yeah. Again, it's like there is a definition in the Vayu Purana about the Acharya. Does anybody know it? The Acharya is the one who is uh, he is very expert at all the imports of the Vedic literatures. He is following them and he is perfectly teaching his followers to also follow them. That's the Acharya. She's a teacher by example, but it must be based on scriptures. There can be no difference between scriptures and the realizations that one gets. Even although sometimes a pure devotee may get it uh, directly from Krishna, still you find the same thing in the scriptures. It's not that he gets a different realization, right? And he's just had a realization today uh, about Krishna consciousness, which, uh, you know, is uh, it's just not scriptural. Uh, no. At the same time, there is a reference, Guhayam, where it says that not everything is in the scripture. Some things are revealed by the Vaishnavas. And in fact, when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu displayed his symptoms of love of God, no one had ever read about anything like that. Yeah? That was like unheard of. It was beyond anything that had ever been described. Um, yeah. Yes, so uh, that was that conversation with uh, with Rameshwar. I, I don't think I wrote the name in here because at least I wasn't supposed to write names. Huh? Okay. Well, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so that's like a fundamental faith that you have. You know, it's a fundamental faith that if there, if there is a higher absolute principle, whatever, I mean, we're going out from the blind perspective, we don't know anything, we're going from ignorance. If there is something out there, something absolute, etc., uh, if there is a God, whatever he may be, or whatever that may be, uh, it must be. Must be now fully aware where I am at and be able to read it. But that's nice. That's a nice uh, point of fundamental face. So you can write that down. But maybe draw a line under, under there so it looks a little separate.
the connection is not clear enough, but I, I, I find that there is a connection also to having faith in the Guru. If it's not a man who faith is there, basically, I, I have faith that wherever I go, whomever I meet, this absolute being is behind all the different encounters. Right. If we see all the moving and non-moving things in this world, we don't see their form, we always see Sarvadaha and Jaisa, Devas, Purti, we see Krishna. Just on that point then that you made, right? Like, uh, but, but it's not Krishna, it's, it's not Guru who delivers to Krishna. Uh, I want some proof for that. Okay, can you just paraphrase for me? Any other proof? So I have that also. I mean, Prabhupada is the living proof, you know, as, as here in the list, uh, in the section, yeah, Prabhupada is the bottom line, but uh, very, very true. Um, therefore, like uh, one time I was, I was also having a debate with one senior leader in our society, and at one point he said to me, he said that the, the problem with you is, that you have more faith in Prabhupada than in your own guru. Right? And actually, uh, that's not really a fact. Um, uh, the real fact is I have faith in my guru because he has faith in Prabhupada. Right? Because he's very much serious about Prabhupada. Therefore, I think. But it's the, the, so it's not at all uh, a competition, right? With the, with the, between the two, and I've got to divide my faith over two personalities. In fact, as soon as somebody is too individual and doesn't kind of have that mood of I'm proud of serving, I become very suspicious. Very suspicious. And even if he displays the greatest spiritual qualities, and if any uh, disciple of Prabhupada displays great in spiritual inspirations, 
that's very nice. But if he's not like uh, very much focused on Prabhupada, then I don't know. For Alpas. Alpas. Someone else could be going for Alpas. My personal conviction. Yeah, I mean, another very simple proof of this principle that Krishna delivers the disciple is simply Sansara Dhamma Loka. Right? We're singing every day that the spiritual master is like a rain cloud putting out the, the fire of uh, material existence. Whereas the rain cloud gets its water from the ocean, which is Krishna. Uh, another analogy always being used in this is the postman analogy. That the spiritual master is the uh, delivering the message. So all these are like some are logical proofs. The postman says, uh, "All these are, are, are different proofs." Yashat Prasada Bhagavat Prasada makes it that the spiritual master is the via media. See, this is the, the one thing that sometimes is overlooked. And that uh, now we're talking more about the qualification of the disciple and not about the qualification of the guru. First we were talking about the qualification of the guru, but Yashat Prasada Bhagavat Prasada, we're seeing more the qualification of the disciple in there. Because the disciple, see, he should not think that the spiritual master is just a person who gives him knowledge and who gives him the process and who helps him to, to progress on the path. The disciple should understand that he is also the via media to Krishna and that the service that that disciple is offering to Krishna is going through that spiritual master and that Krishna somehow or other has made this system. Right? That Krishna accepts service through the spiritual master and if a disciple is kind of neglecting his spiritual master, then Krishna will neglect him also. Although he may do all kinds of service, right? but Krishna will withdraw his mercy. He will not give that mercy, because Krishna has made this system that he sends the mercy through the spiritual master and one must offer up through the spiritual master. And that is the, the duty of the disciple. And, and one should understand that that's how it works also. So therefore, this resolves the issue that for the disciple, the guru is considered absolute, and that for another devotee, that same devotee is very nice, but not considered absolute. Because for the disciple, the guru becomes the via media, whereas for the other person, he's not necessarily the via media. He may be a via media, a via media of mercy to Krishna, but he's not necessarily the via media to which that disciple will offer or to, uh, all his service to Krishna. But a disciple must offer his service to Guru, to Krishna. In that way, Yashyat Prasada, Bhagavad Prasada, no, one must go to the If a Guru is not fulfilling his duties, you're talking. Well, you're using the metaphor, so I'm trying to say the, the philosophical point, then you're trying to make, if the rain cloud's not getting water, it means if the guru is spiritually not up to the mark, then how does the disciple uh, get the juice? He doesn't. Um, partially he doesn't. Partially he does. It is said that the uh, 
process of devotional service, especially the five principal limbs of devotional service, are so powerful that even if they're a little bit performed, that one can very easily attain love of God. So you have to see, when the guru is not uh, functioning properly, spiritually not up to the mark, right, for whatever reasons, uh, then it's like an electric wire which is partially broken. Right? It's not that the connection with Krishna is broken for the disciple, but partially is broken. Right? So it's like an electric wire, half is broken, but through the other half it still works. Right? And the light's still on. So the light hasn't gone out yet, and therefore one can still get the mercy, but only partially, or compare it to a person who functions, you know, uh, yeah, with a handicap, and only part of the body works, you know, somehow only one bone, only, I don't know, uh, only, you know what I'm saying, like that. So, in this way, uh, it's a fact that uh, when there is a good, healthy connection with the Guru, there is a lot of blessing coming from that, without a doubt. And if that Guru is somehow or other in trouble, then that blessing is, is lacking, and, and one, one suffers from that. But one still will have his connection with the Parampara in Krishna. See, this was such a big debate, you know, we've had over the years, right? I mean, those who went through guru fall, the Guru fall-down era, you know, right? Like when it was happening on a large scale, See, nowadays still it may happen sometimes, some guru may have a problem, can be. But there was a time when Iskan had big, big gurus and everybody was their disciple. And when one of them went down, then uh, half or, you know, or, or, or 20% of the world was affected or something like that, you know. Uh, and so those who went through that era uh, have been part of the debates, you know, whether the connection was broken or not. And we have argued the point, right? Uh, from different, you know, different, different persons have, ang have argued from different angles. So now, I like to kind of show how it's broken and not broken at the same time. Partially broken. It's definitely something broken. The vow at the, at the time of initiation is not just that the disciple vows to follow the four regulated principles. The guru also vows to deliver the disciple, right? And maybe that vow is more important because maybe he's more powerful. Right? So maybe actually he'll be able to do more at that time with his vow than the disciple can do with his vow. Yeah? Um, but uh, so when the guru is no longer in good standing, then yeah, the mercy cannot flow there. That part broke. When the electric wire that is half broke, maybe we can get some responses on that. What do you think about it? I know you have been part of these discussions in the past. Well, I never thought that we were going to have to
Yeah, I was in a similar position for a long, long time. That, uh, about uh, uh, eleven years, you know, like uh, without a guru, right? without a diksha guru. Right? So um, after my initiating spiritual master program, so that was uh, substantial. So I mean, like in that period, eleven years, a long time. So. I also, I continued my service, I mean, I never stopped, I got mercy, I got realization, I got the experiences, uh, it went on, yeah. and uh, so one can't say that the connection is broken, but in some sense one can say that something, the mercy in one sense, one channel is, is blocked now. When there's a guru who is like present, and who is very well situated, very merciful, Obviously, that's a channel that shallows mercy. That I'm also experiencing. So, it's not broken. But a few strands of the electric wire are now. Uh, I don't know. Now, Yeah, I mean, if, 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 because um, I've opened up the whole thing with this topic at 10 to 12, and uh, I want to also, before we end this session, uh, speak a little bit about essays to be written and to, uh, see, ideally speaking, we would like to come to a choice of an essay topic where every devotee chooses an essay topic and where um, 
I would like to give a few little um, pointers as to what I expect from these essays. Um, and yet I don't want to cut off this discussion at the same time. So it's like, uh, that's a recurring theme, obviously, in the whole matter of faith. It's very important because uh, Yeah, guru is, is, is such a big thing that, uh, in, in one's life that one must, we cannot help but give it serious attention. And then uh, we have a whole history. And on what you just said, I wanted to like, on, on this kind of model of where one person was so prominent and, and not like a broader basis. I have also some, some thoughts about that, and I just wanted to share those. Uh, that when Prabhupada was present, everyone was very new, and he was like clearly the central figure of anything and everyone. And uh, he was the inspiration, and he was also able to give it. He was also really able to, to, to supply it. Uh, so it was a very vertical situation. But uh, gradually, some disciples came up and became more mature, and Prabhupada began to distribute more and more authority. Prabhupada began to distribute more and more faith. He wanted people to have faith in temple presidents and sannyasis and many other. Ask your older God brother. He put people under the care of others. Prabhupada had the spirit of like distributing the faith, and it was gradually growing. Uh, he gave the the mood of of that uh, of those dynamics. Although it never fully kind of manifested, but he gave an indication of where it should go. Um, then after Prabhupada left, yes, then things changed quite a bit because then you got these very absolute uh, Zomrachayas who too much tried to uh, act out the role that they were the exclusive ones uh, who could give spiritual guidance and everyone else basically had to go to them. Um, it became a stifling, suff suffocating model where everything went to one, to one person, but he couldn't give it, right? Nor did he have the vision to uh, see that next, that he had many peers who also needed to come up, who also needed responsibility. And as a result, many of the God brothers and the peers just accepted that, but, uh, and went along with it and even went in that role and started to worship the uh, Zonal Guru as much as the disciples did. And kind of, I would say, became a little dull. The initiative got lost to become a spiritual leader. And oftentimes you saw seniority was something external, kind of how many years, but not by, uh, by actual spiritual example. So in this way, there, there was no mood of empowerment in our movement. Empowerment means is that we are giving people uh, responsibility and at the same time support to take it. And this principle of empowerment is very, very essential. And um, I would like to come back to that in, when we discuss the ISKCON section. How much em em empowerment is like a key element in, in making this movement strong, successful, enlivening and uh, realistic. I feel what you're saying, the broader basis relates to that empowerment. And now people are coming up as, as having spiritual potency. Not only one big personality, but so many, many realizations. Interesting realizations. And there's something like that.
Fundamental faith. Uh, I didn't uh, exactly say, but it was uh, in relation to her statement, uh, which was uh, she had a particular type of fundamental faith, but I forgot it now. And pray that the absolute son of God is powerful enough to, to guide me through any encounter I yeah. have with God. That you should write down. Well, let him write. You got it, right? Yeah. Make say you got it. Fundamental means that there there are certain elements of faith, right? which are, are certain elements of philosophy that are very much at the roots of our faith. Right? And there are many elements that are secondary, right? like the moon, you know, it's like whether you enter or not. I mean, whether the moon is closer than the sun or the moon is further, the moon is further than the sun, all the kind of stuff. Anyway, you know, like, uh, it's like, not directly dealing with our personal situation. But her point is a very fundamental point, like that if you're talking about an all-powerful absolute truth, then it is philosophically quite logical that within, that it is within the power of that absolute being that he can uh, do all the needful you know, for, to bring us to the absolute truth. That's a fact, that it's like, so it's a, it's a philosophical point. It's a fundamental philosophical. Mm. Yeah, I think we should. Uh, if, if if you want some more reactions, you can. If anyone wants to react, we can do that. Otherwise, I will. Well, time's up. Um, you know, just like to, but we started a little late. So shall we meet this afternoon, so we start an afternoon session and just choose topics and discuss uh, essays and then you, after that you go each your own way and, and get to work, shall we do it like that? Huh? That's one way of doing it. Another way is to take do it now, but it's done, then we go overtime. And it, I can't do it, it's not going to be so quick, it's going to, you know, so. Uh, you just, uh, because what we discussed, we discussed before, it was, we will have, Maharaj will be at the and this will be to the in the afternoon. And uh, maybe, I mean, I thought like maybe also have some more context, some more uh, more communication. Like this was kind of partially my presentation now, right? But the author of the, the tutorials and then uh, at least uh, the, the essay writing, I wanted to communicate a bit about that and get a little more feedback. I mean, I felt that it should grow into something. I can't... Uh, it should take some dynamics from the group, but I feel that faith is a little different than, for example, the Sat Darshan, you know, which is like, here is your subject matter, we want you to 
uh, to understand this, basically, right? I mean, have you got it or not? And is there any questions? And is there any point you have to clarify? And now you show by some essay that you did get it, right? But that's not really what we're trying to do. We're trying to here also investigate our own faith, our own roots. There is some, uh, you know, sometimes we require some honesty. Like I was very blunt in putting Vishnamurti on the spot. I hope he'll forgive me for it, but he's tough enough. You know, you can handle it. Uh, he's, t he's tough enough. I know. And uh, I was ready to uh, do the same thing, no problem. But, uh, so I felt maybe a little more of that kind of dialogue was also required. So, so rather than to make a super ambitious essay, uh, you know, like where you all have to sweat like anything, right, for one week to just pull off this incredible essay, uh, I'm, I'm ready to kind of like uh, simplify it a little bit, the essay. But not the, so much. At least the, the volume of it right, doesn't have to be so big. But I would like uh, certain trains of thoughts to be developed there. Uh, in other words, I'd like to uh, different devotees to take some element of faith and to explore it nicely, to kind of do research for it. Uh, we will help. Right? Bhakti Matt and myself are going to do that. Uh, he is a bit of a researcher, and we have here some other researchers uh, who he can go to also for assistance with it. So he can help if someone can't get it all together and stuff. But support like that. But, yeah. No, it's not necessarily 10, I think 5 to 10. Yeah, no, it's just normal. 5, five eight, 4 sides. Uh, not normal space. You can double space in the family, you can But at least five, you should have. Five normal A4 size pages of text with uh, pebbles. Um, whatever that is. I would have to look on the computer how many words it is, I forgot. You know, but whatever it is. Whatever a computer says, you know, you type in word count on, on the top of the window and it says how many words on a page. I thought we should open up this discussion actually in the afternoon. You know, I, I just thought now I just give you sort of the preview of what we would do in the afternoon, and I thought we should just fix the time, kind of, and then we should in the afternoon like just uh, yeah discuss it nicely. You know what we expect and what you expect and what you think is realistic. In one sense, you have already been going through this essay writing quite a bit, so you must have a lot of essay realization right now, and I'm sure you can. Give me some practical tips of your problems. You have an essay writing, and that would help me a lot to design some program which makes sense. About whether I can assess your level of faith or not, um, I am going to assess your uh, how much you have assimilated the process which I am trying to uh, communicate to you for strengthening and deepening your faith. But basically what I'm doing is here, here is I, I'm trying to uh, open up different avenues by which one can strengthen his faith. Right? Uh, I already have uh, a full conviction about the faith of most people in ISKCON, including my own, right? Uh, and 
I already have an assessment, and that assessment, it's not very, it's not so strong. Yeah? It's not so strong. It needs to be uh, well protected. It needs to be developed much more. It needs to. So I, I kind of already have that impression from years in this. So I don't feel I have to now like try. You know, I don't psychologically do some psychoanalysis and put everyone on, on the kitchen table, you know, and like uh, do some hypnotic regression to see. So I think it's, it's we have to. Faith is a building process. Nobody is going to have faith just like that. You have to build it up. Just like Vishnu Murti in his presentation was explaining how over the years, you know, it has grown, right? Because you got a lot of insights and a lot of different points, right? And all that, that full picture kind of makes it deeper. So one can stimulate that process or just wait for it to happen by accident. So I guess this course is, my intent is to make it, uh, to accelerate that process. No, but I'm, I'm going to clarify this afternoon, like, I think rather than go on such a statement, is that uh, the, uh, I think what you're going to do is you're going to do a particular uh, study on an aspect of that. A different devotee will do different devotees will do a different aspect. But again, I'm, I'm, I'm saying what I want to say this afternoon. And, uh, uh, it's a guideline, and uh, I'll open it up, you know, for uh, people to uh, to add their own topics, right? Uh, if they would like to. Uh, at the same time, you know, I have reasons why I come up with my topics also. Uh, like, for example, you know, uh, if Prabhupada is the living proof, is obviously like not just, you know, another topic on faith. It's like, you know, it's crucial, right? It's totally essential. And somebody should do it, in my opinion. You know, like, there's, there's a few that are so important. I think that somebody should take that, right? But I wouldn't. It wouldn't. I wouldn't want everyone in the group to take the same one. You know that would. See, some years ago I had a desire, which I had have unfortunately had to put on the shelf because Yadu Nandan has uh, somehow or other got me involved in Spain <laughs> by, by his uh, sweetness. He got me, and there I am in Spain nowadays, and I'm not free. But. Uh, looking after the farm where he used to look after and now he's in Radhavish. I don't know how he did it, <laughs> but he's very expert. Uh, and uh, here I am, uh, visiting Radhavish. I came from Radhavish, you know. <laughs> so how did you do it? We swapped chairs. It's like he, made, he did. He made me swap chairs. He's very intelligent and very tricky also. Uh, but beyond that, don't mind, John. It's, it's in all good... Uh, good uh, appreciation for his nice quality. And he deserves doing this in Rodgers. And I deserve being there in Spain. But I, what I really was thinking about a few years ago was going to Mayapur uh, every winter for three months and to, do, and to set up a study group. Right? No seminar. 
forget seminar, seminar, I wanted a study group. And it wasn't like I was going to be the teacher and everyone else was going to be the student. No, we're going to study something all together. But I wanted to be the coordinator of the study group, right? So to kind of pull it all together and to kind of develop like a, uh, a sheet, right, of the topic and kind of show like, well, we're going to study these and these aspects and then distribute the tasks and like according to talents and abilities, right, and like, you know, uh, and, and then built it up, right, and I still think that this would be really nice to do, you know, I think the seminar thing is nice, but the study group, is, I like that concept very much, it inspires me a lot. So I've kind of uh, drew from there a little bit, and I kind of feel inspired to go that way with our essays. And and part of it, and therefore I felt that at the end of the thing, I would like your paper, right? Whatever it is, uh, I would like to put these papers together and bind them, right? As something we've together produced, and we're putting it out to the world. It's not our own stupid little essay, you know, like you get uh, an A, a B, or a C for it, and now take it home and be it. Yeah? No, this is what we're putting out to uh, expand on the topic of faith, and as an offering to the Vaishnavas to kind of deepen their faith. We're going to do some studies in these directions. Okay, I'll try and help in, uh, in various ways. Uh, you're going to work. I'll do the work uh, instead of me working for you. Um, <laughs> you're going to work for me this time and for others. And I'll just uh, I'll just harvest the fruits at the end. And uh, we bind it in a, in a ring binder. And you take it home. I take it home. And we're all going to use that in our preaching, just like what I did here. The idea is, it's in the course. I said it before. I cannot cover this. I don't want to cover it. But I want you to have this. And if you, you can use it in your preaching yeah, in the future. I'll try and make you more familiar with this material during this course. And you can just use it, you can draw from it when you have to write something, when you have to uh, make a public presentation or anything, uh, when you will be uh, drilled with questions, you know, you, you, you can kind of just go to the exercise where you have your basis, right? This is, this is my basis. So they always return to my basis. No matter how you hit me, here I am, you know. This is my basis. And you cannot question this basis. You have, you have no, uh, no argument. Right? We'll, uh, we'll deal with atheism, right? And uh, in this way, so that we are well guarded from all the possible attacks that can come. Answer any question and it will remain fixed on solid ground.